Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I'm Angie Bauman, and this is episode 122, and our guest today is speaker and podcaster Rachel Harrington. Rachel's enthusiasm for the Lord is so on fire right now in her life that I could hardly, and I mean this in the best possible way, I could hardly get a word in during this interview. I would ask a question and Rachel would enthusiastically tell me about how the Lord is working in her heart, bringing healing and peace, the words tumbling out of her mouth with a rapidness that made absolute perfect sense to me. Several times I sat back in my chair and just took in this precious child of God who has discovered so personally that his love for all his children means that he is passionately in love with her. Perhaps Rachel's exuberance in this place with God comes from the years of walking in bondage to alcohol, drug use, and sexual addiction. Maybe it's because she openly shares that even after finding a relationship with God and being blessed with a husband, she became bitter over years of infertility and let the intimacy in her relationship with both God and her husband dissipate until she finally left both. I only know the pieces of Rachel's story that she shares here with us today, but this I do know. In this season of her life, she is an example to us of what it means to live out this episode's theme verse, Jeremiah 29, 13. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. That's from the CEB. I have what Rachel has, yes, the knowing that God loves me deeply. And I also want more of what Rachel has, the willingness to profess with abandon and without apology, what knowing his love has done in my life. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode today. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is my guest, Rachel Harrington. Rachel, welcome to the Steady On community. Thank you so much, Angie. It's amazing to be here. I can't wait to get started. I can't either. I've been so looking forward to this conversation with you because we're going to talk about having a unadult heart, right? Your podcast is called Unadulterated Heart. And I just wonder, why are you passionate about helping people unadult? What does that mean? And what does it mean to you? So it all started kind of, uh, I've been a preschool teacher for a long time. Uh, It's not actually with the job I do right now, but just a little season. Um, And I really got to thinking about children and how free they are and how humble and how trusting that they are. And um, whenever I came out of my season of rebellion, which uh, I know that we'll get a little bit into, uh, I came to him like a child. Uh, I came to him with a humble heart, just so repentant and wanting to know him as a father and within this journey of humbling myself like a child, he, he has just done such an incredible work in my life that I couldn't keep it to myself. I could not because it, it didn't seem fair to, to keep the amazing revelation, wisdom, glory, majesty, manifestation that he was pouring out. And so I knew that it wasn't just for me, that as adults, you know, we go through all of these experiences in life, right? And experiences are good. They help mature us and grow us. But I feel like they can also sometimes jade our outlooks, like we can become jaded and uh, kind of unintentionally put God in a box. And he just cannot and will not 
fit in a box. And so within the process of unadulting ourselves, we kind of uh, push past our preconceived notions of who God is and really just allow ourselves to be open to the fact that First of all, we can never know everything about him. He is infinite, right? He is he is way more than we could ask, think, or imagine. We, we just can't possibly know everything about him on this world, like in this life. And so I, I like to really help people start to thinking, start to think like a child and really just humble themselves and realize that, yes, we may be very well educated. But then we also need to just take a step back sometimes and maybe the scripture that you've thought that you knew, you might get a new perspective on and, and just to look past your own uh, maybe pride sometimes and arrogance mm-hmm. and, and just let those walls down and, and think more like a child. Yeah. What does it mean to you to think like a child in relationship, you know, in our relationship with Jesus? What does that look like? Yeah. So, so for me, whenever I'm in uh, the secret place, which I know that we'll also get to later as well. Um, but that secret place, that intimate time with the Lord, where it's just me and him, only me and him. So it's not like I have to perform at all because nobody's looking, you know, mm-hmm. nobody is watching me. I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. So I can fully be myself because when you look at little kids, uh, when they're very small, you know, when they're just very little before they even get into school and start trying to become like their peers, you know, very, very young children, they are their full self, you know, so they, uh, they, you know, no apology. I, I know no I'm, no apo- that's, that's, that's exactly popped into right. my mind right now. Just like living with no apology. Go ahead, please. Sorry. I couldn't know. You're that. right. No, I love that. You're that's just such a good description, like unapologetic, like this is who I am, you know, and the father created us how we are. Now, like I said, life experiences come and we can really get uh, uh, changed and warped by the world at times into things that he doesn't really want us to be. But when we can, we can come to him kind of fresh, right? And kind of like, you know what, God, search my heart. Like David says, search my heart, create in me a clean heart, Lord, a steadfast spirit within me renew me, Lord, transform me. Whenever you have that, that kind of um, humility, where you truly do want to allow him to come in and whatever it is in you, whatever mind frame, whatever perspective, whatever heart, uh, uh, I don't want to say defect, because that's not a word I'm looking for. But um Anyway, but whatever is in you that is hindering you from a deeper relationship with him, um, if you really, truly come with open, open hands, surrender, abandon, like, I don't want anything in me that is not of you, then he has full permission to deliver, heal, transform, restore, redeem everything that is in you that you were created for in the first place. Yes. All of that. I think maybe like a heart obstacle. I know you paused on the word, but like a heart obstacle, right? I just love what you just said about, he has full permission. He is a Mm. gentleman, right? Like Christ is a gentleman in our life. Like he is so available to us, but he does not force himself upon us. And I just, the way that you framed that just now, like it gives me chills, honestly, because I'm like, okay, Mm. he is inviting us to invite him. Like I will do this for you, but I will not demand it of you, right? I will not require it of you. I want it for you, but only 
if, and when you want it for you through me. And that's, that's like, it is our choice. It is so much our choice. And how do we posture ourselves? And the way that you are describing it is childlike. Do we posture ourselves childlike and allow him to do the work in us that he desires to do in all of us? Yeah. And so what do you think we gain in our relationship with him when he, when we approach him that way, what are we giving him permission to do? Um, well, I can only speak for myself. Sure. So with me, when, when I approached him in that way and I truly repented, which means not only was I sickened by my sin, not only did I truly not want that thing in my life anymore, because that's what repentance is, right? To really turn away from that sin, not want it in your life anymore, because he knows, he knows your heart. He knows if you're kind of holding on to it a little bit, how you're like, uh, I know I shouldn't want to do this, but I actually kind of do still, you know, he knows, he knows. But when you come to him and, and, and I was, I was repentant and I laid, laid some things down and I was like, Lord, this hinders our relationship. And all I want is to know you as a father, as the creator, as a healer, as a redeemer. I want to know all of you, Lord. I want to know all of you that you want to give me. I want it. Everything of you, I want it. And so when I came to him in this way, like my heart was seeking him purely. He was so faithful to give more of himself to me. Revelation was just pouring out. When I would read the word, it would come alive in such a new way. Like I was starting to understand things that I didn't understand before. The the wisdom that he was giving um, within even uh, not only in the scriptures, but even the discernment of spirits when I was going out and speaking with other Christians or non-believers or whoever, uh, lukewarm Christians, uh, he would give me a discernment about what was, you know, possibly going on in their heart, you know? So uh, it just started becoming very exciting. Like it was like him and I were on this incredible journey together. And, and he was just inviting me to know more and more and more of who he is, not only as the creator God of the universe, But as the prodigal father, which I get into a lot in my podcast, uh, because the prodigal son story has such a deep, um, a deep spot in my heart, because it is exactly what happened. Like that, that story, it was like, it, it was Rachel picked up and transported into the word because it just is, is so incredible. So I think what we gain is, is more and more and more of him, which is all we could possibly ever need. And whenever we really realize that, whenever we get to the to the point where we realize that nothing in this world can satisfy the way that he can, that hunger and that thirst that comes out of that after seeking him and then gaining him and then seeking him more and then gaining more. And you just get hungrier and thirstier and you just, you, you can't wait to be with him. And, and that is what you gain. You gain that, that hunger, that thirst. And, and so it's like, if, if you don't have a hunger and thirst for that intimacy with him, you can even ask him. God, I, I don't really have that hunger and thirst right now, but man, I really would like that. Mm -hmm. And man, uh, he's like, yes, please. I would love to give that to you. (laughs) You know, like he wants nothing more than intimacy, you know? So I, I think, 
I, I think I went pretty deep on that, but yeah. It's perfect. No, I love it. Thank you, Rachel. And your, your yeah. excitement and enthusiasm for the Lord is so contagious. I just, I love mm. it. And I, I know mm. our listener, I'm curious. I know our listener is curious to the degree that you feel comfortable sharing what, what is the transformation? What is your background a little bit? What were some of the things again, to the, to the degree you want to, what was some of the letting go that needed to be done that now you've experienced this really different way to walk? Amen. So, uh, yeah, I get really raw and very transparent in, uh, on my podcast. And the reason is, is because I feel like if we give, um, shallow answers to people, it just doesn't seem to really hit home as well as, you know, a really raw and honest answer can, you know, and I am so unashamed. Mm -hmm. I I don't have any shame, no condemnation in Jesus name, because I am made new. I am a new creation. So there is absolutely nothing about my past that I'm unwilling to share because that is not who I am. I am 100% clean and new and, and, I think that's another thing you can gain while in the secret place with him is, is to get clean and that, that unashamed feeling there's, I do not have guilt, Angie. I have zero guilt and shame. And I I only have that because he allowed me to, to feel that, to, to be that way. Because whenever he said, I took your sin as far as the East is from the West, he doesn't even remember it. He doesn't even remember it. So it's like, if I would hold on to the sin and, and grasp hold of it and, and keep repenting of it, for what? What would that even, what is the point in that? There's no point. When you ask for forgiveness and you turn away from that sin, you fully repent and you turn away and you don't do that sin, you are clean, you are free. And so, so I will tell you, um, I have, it's actually funny because I have two running aways Hmm. times. Uh, it's not a very good description, but, uh, so I, I grew up uh, in a very stale kind of dry church. And so when I was allowed to make the decision to stay or go, I left. I didn't want to be there. There was no reason. Holy spirit was not a part of the church. He was barely talked about. It was just that whole Holy ghost thing that he's kind of there and whatever. But I mean, I will say Holy spirit has been uh, pretty transformative in my life. So I need him, you know, I need that part of the father. I need Holy spirit. So, uh, when I didn't experience that, there was like no relationship. I didn't understand what the point was. Why, why do Christianity when it's a bunch of rules, uh, that there's no way I can live up to this Holy God, this perfection. So I'll see you later. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and so I walked in sin for, uh, for, for all of my life until about the age of 22. So what that sin looked like, I was, I was very promiscuous. I, I didn't have value for myself. Um, and then I ended up kind of getting like a sexual addiction uh, about, uh, because of it, because I just allowed it at first, it was like a try to fit in uh, thing. I, I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be liked by people. And so that's why it began. And then it became an addiction afterwards where it was like, well, fine, if I'm going to get used, I'm going to use others. So then I didn't value any relationships. I didn't. And then I uh, got suicidal at times and I didn't value my own life. And, um, and then I started doing drugs. I was doing, uh, well, mostly marijuana and then some like psychedelics and things like that. I never went super hard, um, with like heroin or anything, but, uh, then it started with some pills though and everything. And then, um, it, how I got out of even that part, because then at that time it's all fun, mm-hmm. like thing, life, uh, 
in that way, if you're living in the world like that, that temporary fun will trap you really quickly with the drinking and the drugs and the sex because, um, and that's why, that's why the enemy is so uh, going hard after it. Of course, of course, it's so, it's so easy to trap people with those, with those types of things because the drugs and the drinking, that's an escape from reality. You, you don't have to uh, be in this world technically. You can be out of this world. And uh, when you're living in such deception, that seems like a good idea. So the way I got out of it actually is I had the same best friend through probably age of 14 to uh, say actually today, like she's still my best friend. Uh, she actually got pregnant and then she could not do those things with me anymore. So mm -hmm. she was like my partner in crime, right? So, and then she got saved. Like she went and found Jesus and then Talk she about started- Talk about spoiling your fun. My word. <laughs> She did, you know, I was like, oh man, no, I was actually, when she told me that she was pregnant, I was angry. I was, yeah, I, I can, I can imagine I, I'm joking, but not really because there's some, there's like, there's, mm -hmm. I can feel the Holy spirit already just kind of like, well, one thing that you're not going to have anymore is this like sort of permission from someone who does this with you almost. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. that's it. We, it, we find we find companionship even in our right. negative or self-destructive behaviors for sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Continue with your story, please. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. I see where this is going. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. After, after that, but, uh, then we'll just fast forward a little bit. I, I ended up knowing that, uh, God was trying to get a hold of me. He actually got a hold of me with end time prophecy, uh, mm. some, some scary things that I was uh, finding on YouTube, like people put these videos together and it's like, this is, has already happened. If it's in the Bible, which means like the end times are here and da, 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 da. So I was like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Um, if Jesus were to come back today, the way that I'm living just like that, he, I don't think he would take me in the rapture. I really don't because I believe that he is real. Cause that's one thing, Angie, I, I always believed that he was real. I never doubted his existence. So even that dry faith that I had before, uh, was still, I, I still had faith. I still knew that he was there, but here was my mindset. Um, I'll just be better when I'm older. Like I'll get I time. I got time. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, he woke me up and was like, yeah, right. Well, what if, what if you just die tomorrow? What if, then what? Like, what if I come? What if I send Jesus? And then, and then you're living this way. Like, then what? I was like, and then what? Mm -hmm. And so that really shocked me. And uh, so I got saved too. I, I started going to the spirit filled church that she was going to. And I, and I got saved, I got on fire. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well, I still was struggling with the sexual, the sexual sin. Uh, drugs, I did away with drugs, drinking, bye-bye, didn't care, like whatever. But the sex I was very struggling with. So I was like, okay, Lord, you said if I burn with passion, I should get married. So I did. I, the first man that I met that wanted to wait to have sex until marriage, I married him. Oh, I was, wow, right? Okay, so, oh, it gets even better. Let me, like, wow. So uh, I married this guy. He's actually a wonderful man, right? Uh, his name is Danny. He's, he's, he's truly an amazing guy. Um, so I marry him. We're off doing our own thing. But what's funny is, like, Here's the thing. Here, here's, here's what I learned from now for where I am today. After I got what I prayed for, I stopped seeking, seeking intimacy with the father. And that oh, was my important. first, 
number one mistake. Yeah. I mean, I made many mistakes, clearly, as you have seen already. But like after I got on fire with the Lord and then I received the blessing of a husband, my my relationship with the father became a little bit distant, distant because I then put all of myself into my marriage. And, and that I'm was destructive. That the lack of intimacy with the father then affected the lack of intimacy or the intimacy with your husband, I would I would bet. 100%. And so, and then what ended up happening is uh, for five years, we struggled to get pregnant, which I never did get pregnant. And uh, Danny had wanted to be a father like his whole life. And so because of the lack of intimacy with my father Mm -hmm. and uh, the lack of intimacy with my husband, then the enemy came in whispering things like, well, you should probably just leave Danny because one day, he will resent you for not giving him a child. So it's good for you while you're young still, because I'm 32 now. Um, and I, this was, uh, you know, about 30, about 30, um, a couple years ago. So um, he was like, you do it now and you guys will be fine. Like he'll find somebody that can give him a child. Everything will, will work out. You just do that and it'll all be good. Even though biblically speaking, I had no reason to divorce him. So uh, because of that darkness. And then I was angry at God too, in the, uh, the whole mix of it. Now I'm angry at God because why in the world is he going to give everybody else a child and not me? I, I, I guess I don't deserve a child. I, I, even though I'd be an awesome mother, you know, I, I, I guess says the babies are a gift from God, but I must not be good enough to receive this gift. So that is so distorted, like so much deception there, yes. you know, like I wasn't trusting God's timing at all. I, I was just thought, I'm praying for this. This is a beautiful thing to pray for. Why wouldn't he give me a child, right? Why? What's so bad? You know, so that the mind frame, when you don't have, when there's a lack of intimacy there, a relationship with God, then you're not understanding why you have to maybe wait for a child or any other blessing that you might be praying for, you know, whatever it is that that waiting season becomes so heavy when you aren't able to give that yoke to Jesus because there's no relationship. So then I became, I started drinking again too. And then COVID hit. And so then I was like, I'm just home all the time playing video games all day, just drinking. Like who cares? Like who cares about anything? So I became numb. I became numb to to life in general. And then I'm a very spontaneous person, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. And, um, so uh, one day, uh, well, not one day, it's not like I just all of a sudden, like it, it, was, it took about a year that I contemplated and the enemy whispered and I, in the darkness, just twirling around, like it was like a, I could describe it like a hurricane. It was like a constant hurricane around me. And I'm, I'm just in, I'm just in the eye, like just sitting here alone in darkness, like in the eye of, of the hurricane. And ever, all of this darkness is swirling around me, all of this chaos and all of this struggle with with my husband and the I can't get pregnant and these thoughts coming in of he's going to hate me and um you know why is God doing this to me why won't he give me a child and then I just quit going to church I quit worshiping I quit everything I quit everything and so then I did I finally I left Danny um and I actually moved to England uh like okay and I lived there for like six months but but God so then I got back from England and then uh, I knew he was trying to get a hold of me, uh, the Lord, because we had that we had that intimacy before. So it was like 
I felt the tug, like the, and the most insane thing was that when I dropped to my knees when I got back from England, knowing that he was trying to get a hold of me the whole time, and I fully repented for all of it, for the divorce, for the sexual sin that, of course, because when I went to England, I, I, it was like old me again. Mm-hmm. I was drinking and partying and men and all of this. So I, 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 I fully repented and I was like disgusted by the sin. I was sickened and distraught. And um, I didn't want any part of it anymore at all. I, I just, I hated it. I hated who that whole person of me, like, and, and I just repented and I wept and I, and I just fully surrendered. And the crazy part was, is he allowed me to feel all of that, except for shame. I did not feel ashamed. Like I, I, when I came back to him, when I dropped down and it was like, I was here, he is. And I'm just at his feet, like a puddle, like I'm disgusting. Just like the prodigal son, like, at least just take me back as a slave. Like, let me just be a slave. I'll just do whatever you want. I, I just suck. I'm terrible. I hate myself. Like, I don't want any part of me. It was, it was just like the prodigal father. Like he, he saw me, he saw me from a long way. He knew I was going to come back and he saw me for who I was, not for the trash I was living in, you know, like he saw me for who he created me to be. And it was like, he lifted me up and he was like, you're home. I'm so glad. Like, I've been waiting for you. I couldn't wait for you to get back. Like, get up, get up. There's so much we have to do. I can't wait to put you on this journey. Let's, let's just be together now. Let's, and so then after that, I just, I, I, I didn't want to leave his presence. All I wanted to do was sit in his presence all day, every day, because I felt fully forgiven. And he, and he ripped lust out of me. I've been celibate since then. Like I, and I don't even, it doesn't even bother me. Like mm-hmm. I, the crazy part is, is I would have, that would have bothered me before. It would be a struggle, you know, it would be hard to, to do this, but it's not because he delivered me in the secret place. He took lust out of me. Uh, he took, he took all of it, uh, the, the, the drunkenness and the, and I didn't like start with like drugs or anything, but like, it was just, um, all of this self-hate. He, he, he took it all. And he was like, you are my beloved you are my beloved and I have a plan for you that you couldn't even imagine. And whenever I came back, I thought, okay, well, he gave me this, this perfect plan before. So I'm going to just kind of have to settle for this other plan that he has for me. Right. Because he already gave me a really good husband. Like, you know, there's no way like, and then by this time, Danny had actually already gotten in another relationship and uh, was prepared to be, get married, which he is married again now. Um, You know, so reconciliation wasn't possible in that, in that, in that way. So uh, um, I was thinking like, I kind of gave up that plan. So I just have to settle now with what the Lord and the Lord, I, I say this in my podcast too. He spoke something so sweet to me. He was like, do I ever do second best though? Like every single plan that I have for you is a perfect plan. So you now have a new perfect plan, your home. And all of that is the old you that is not of you. And now I have a new plan and this is now who you are and let's run after this thing. And so since then, that was last year uh, when I got back from England in January. And so about February is when this all began. So since then, I've just been on this like 
full like laser focused journey with him that I can't take my eyes off of him because he has done such a work in me that it's like everything that he has done uh I can't walk away there's no way I could walk away from him now like he's just too good he's just too, too good. good I love that Rachel You've mentioned the secret place a couple of different times as mm. you've chatted with us. And thank you so much for sharing some of those really personal specific mm. things about, because I think that your willingness to do that helps us see ourselves in your yeah. story for sure. And I love what you said about the thing that he really freed you from. It was all the behaviors that you were describing, right. but it was the self-hatred that was really, isn't that the core, uh, right. when we, when we're trying to push something that just makes us not want to be with ourselves, uh, for yes. whatever reason. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I just praise him for the work that he has and is doing in you, but I just wonder if you'll tell us just a little bit more about what you mean about the secret place. It has to do with intimacy with him, right? Is that what I'm, I'm hearing as you talk? Yes, yes. So uh, I will describe what I do in the secret place. Yeah. So the secret place um, is whenever I shut off all distractions. Mm -hmm. I, um, there's no phone. Did you hear that friend? Yes. I'm sorry. I just feel like we never do that, right? We never do that. She shuts off all distractions. Go ahead. Done. No distractions. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When like, when we're sitting with someone, even me and you talking right now, uh, we have eye contact as much as we can over this technology. You right. know what I mean? Um, you're 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 engaged in the conversation. You're you're listening intently. You're asking questions. You're responding to what I say. The father wants that type of attention. Mm. You know, it, if not more, if you can give even more, he wants it. You know. So here, here's what I do. I after uh, Saturdays are my favorite just because I am blessed. I don't have to work on Saturdays. Okay. Um, so when I don't have anything planned on Saturdays, sometimes I'll spend from the time that I wake up all day with him. So what that looks like for me is I, I love worship. Worship is my, if, if I could do anything to feel right next to the father, it is worshiping him. Because we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise, it says in his word. And so whenever I'm worshiping, and of course, like I've been a worship leader and stuff like that. I was at my old church and I am now today as well. And, and so worship is just a huge, huge passion of mine. And so I feel I feel directly connected to the Father when I'm worshiping him. And, and then uh, I don't come with an agenda. That's another thing that I talk about a lot. Because like it, praying and Petitions and prayers, very important. I fully support them. It's biblical. We should be praying and petitioning and things like that. But you know what else we should be doing is seeking him with our whole heart and our, and our face just towards him, just, just to know him, you know, not, not to gain anything from him, not, not to learn a specific thing that we need to know for a specific reason or something like that. Like if we were a pastor, you know, uh, we shouldn't be just seeking him for, for a sermon, you know, it's to know his heart, you know, his word is a love letter to us. Like sometimes it, in the old Testament, it gets a little intense and we're like, whoa, like, what? It doesn't feel know. that loving to me. <laughs> it doesn't feel, you know, it's like, how could that God be the same as this God? I just yeah. don't know. But I'm learning a yeah. lot about how cool the Old yeah. Testament is and how like, Love it. it just yeah. speaks mm -hmm. a whole different glory about who he is. But anyway, so, so I'll have my, I'll have my Bible. I'll have the worship. And then like, I, I just, when, 
you know how David, when he, when he walked, I love David, clearly, I've mentioned him a couple times, but uh, when he walked in with the ark, right, and he was dancing, like, uh, unashamed, yes. he, like, he yeah. took off his clothes, his, yeah. like, <laughs> he did not care. Leaping he and was... dancing before the Lord, yes. And yes. so, my secret place looks like that. Like, I do not care. Like I am unashamed. I am praising him. Sometimes he will wreck me with a specific song in in the way that I will get to my knees and I will have to repent of something else that he, that he revealed in my heart, a mindset that he revealed, like Mm -hmm. some kind of pride that I could have been holding on to it. Some, in some way he'll, he will he'll reveal it because he wants me to repent and get it out of there. You know, not, not for shaming us, not because it's like, you know, uh, look at how gross you are. No, it's like, Hey, I created you for more than this. Get this out of here. You know, like, and, and he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. He, he wants to help us be free. You know, who the sun sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. Not, Amen. not ourselves. Like we yeah. can't set ourselves free. So right. it's, it's worship. It's the word. It's, uh, some books, uh, that uh, I'm reading a specific book right now. Um, it's, uh, Lana Valser's, uh, the voice, the prophetic voice of God. It is incredible. It is one of the best books I think I've ever written in my whole life. Like it's incredible. Um, so I'll have that in there and then, and then I'll meditate. And so what meditation looks like for me is like, oh, I, I could read a specific scripture or have, or a specific lyric in a song will just hit really hard and, and make me just stop for a moment, pause and think and reflect on that specific thing and praise him for it and, and ask for deeper revelation. And then whenever I talk to him, listen to what he has to say. Oh, yes. You know, like he wants to talk to us. He wants to reveal things. It's not a one-way conversation. It's a, it's a two-way, like whenever, and the more and more we do that, the more that we come to him in that posture of, like I talked about before, abandoned and surrendered and just wanting to know him for him and no agenda, all of that, he every single time he's faithful, every time he is faithful to reveal something about his nature. And it's just, it's, I, I love nature uh, in general, taking hikes and things like that. So sometimes my secret place will go on the hiking trails with me mm-hmm. and I'll have my earbuds in and my worship music playing and I will just worship him in his nature. And it's probably some of the most glorious times that I've had as well. Like just in his presence. Cause like I said, when you enter into his presence, just thanking him and praising him for who he is, he, you enter into his presence and he will do things in that place that you never even thought that could happen before. Yeah. He, yeah. he will reveal things in your heart and in your mind and in your soul that need to be removed so you can go deeper and deeper from glory to glory. Yeah. Right? I love that. I love that so much. Mm. As you're walking this and learning more about yourself and about your relationship with God as your father, is there a favorite verse or two of scripture that really is something that you cling to, that you go back to? You've rattled off a lot of scripture. So I know that you're in the word and you're a student of the word, which is fantastic. No, but I'm just wondering, is there something that you're like, oh my goodness, at least in this season right now, this scripture is really Mm. ministering to me. Oh goodness. Well, geez, that's ministering to me. So I will say the one there, there, I am terrible with knowing exactly where things are. So please forgive me. I, I will, 
I will rattle, rattle off, off, off the word and then be like, couldn't tell you where that is though. <laughs> we don't need the address. We can look it up. Okay. I will look it up uh, for you. Yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Thank you. So uh, the first thing that comes to me is in Jeremiah, when you seek me with your whole heart, yes. you will find me. Love it. Like he promises that. That is a promise that I cling to because then I I know that if I am not finding him, am I seeking him with my whole yeah. heart? It's a me thing because he he is as close. He is closer than our breath. It says, you know, where I don't know. It's closer. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but you know where he has me right now specifically is in Song of Songs. Like, oh, uh, oh my goodness. And so, you know, that song from Jesus Culture, You Won't Relent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you happen to know that one? Yes. So that is in the Song of Songs. Like those lyrics come straight from Song of Songs. And uh, just the other day in the secret place, he brought me to the scripture where it specifically says, I will set you as a seal upon my heart and upon my arm. And that is like so beautiful to me that he is going to be a seal over my heart mm. and over my arm. And it is like, I'm looking for the, the deeper meanings of things. And uh, one thing that I really love to do is, you know, the blue letter Bible. I do. Uh, I use org. it all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love looking up like the deeper meanings of yes. words in the Hebrew and in the Greek, because uh, another, a, de- a devotional that I really love, by the way, is uh, Sparkling Gems um, by Rick Renner. It, it goes into the Greek. Uh, it, it has like a daily devotional. Very, 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 very good devotional. Um Actually, I do want to share this one that really, really touched me. So I know that would touch your viewers. Um, it talks about, you know, the scripture that says uh, when you take Holy Spirit into sin, like when you when you willfully sin, that you grieve the Holy Spirit, that word grieve, uh-huh. it actually is about like the way that you would describe being unfaithful. Mm. And so the way that somebody's heart would be broken if you were unfaithful as a spouse is the same way that Holy Spirit is grieved and brokenhearted when we take him into sin with us. And that right there struck the deepest parts of my being because Mm -hmm. if he loves me enough that he loves me like a husband, because it says that we're his bride Mm -hmm. to grieve him and unfaithfulness like that makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, obviously we're not going to be perfect. There's no way he doesn't, he doesn't expect perfection, but what he does expect is growth. Invites growth. That's exactly. Yes. He invites growth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he just, he, he expects us to be just allowing him to have more of us is what is the way that I, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a few that I've been struck by lately. I love that. Thank you for sharing those. And I, I always ask the same question as I end, this has been fantastic, but I'm going to tell you that you've already answered it actually in in a, in the most beautiful way as you've been chatting with Mm -hmm. us. And so I always ask my guests what they're listening to reading, studying, anything like that, that is keeping them connected to God right now. And I'm going to repeat back to you a couple of things you said, and you see if you want to add anything to it, because you talked about the prophetic voice of God is a book that you're reading. You talked about your sparkling gems devotion that you're using. You talked about the blue letter Bible that you use to (laughs) study. You talked about the song. You won't relent by Jesus culture. I've been, I've been jotting these things down as you've been talking. And so you have already blessed us with a wealth of resources and no is a fine answer, but is there anything else at all that you'd like to add 
to that list of things that right now is just something that's really bringing you uh, this, this helping you in the secret place. Mm, oh my goodness. Yeah. I do have to add uh, any song from Upper Room. Okay. Upper Room is just such a powerful, worshipful band. They just really bring the presence of the Lord straight straight to, to your house. And uh, I will say specifically, there is a song called Preference by Rachel Morley that has been rocking me. Like I've listened to it every single day uh, for the la- last uh, past week or so. Uh, and it the lyrics are very, it, it makes you really seek your heart. Mm, so those I specifically, that. I will yeah. add those things to your list. Um, as I um, put those things in the show notes, all those things will be linked there along with where you can find Rachel's podcast and where you can uh, seek her out on Facebook and anything else, Rachel, that you want to send me, I will put in the show notes so that people can find and follow you. And you are a gift uh, and your testimony wow. is a gift and it has encouraged me today. And it has brought a different, just, I don't know, lightness to the relationship that I have with my father. And I just really appreciate you. And thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing with us, serving us today. Wow, Angie, that just, seriously, I I almost made me cry. (laughs) Just thank you for saying that. Like, it's always uh, crazy sometimes to hear of what a blessing that you are because, you know, you, you don't seek out, do this for praise except for for the father you know so thank you thank you for saying that and it really means a lot to me and and thank you for this opportunity to be a part of your show and it was such a pleasure to Mm. talk with you today yeah yes absolutely you are a delight and friend thank you so much to for listening today until next time peace isn't she the best when i asked her about her past i love how rachel responded her answer was something like I will share absolutely anything about where I've come from because I have no shame. I made mistakes, but God doesn't hold any of that against me now. I have no shame because I know I've been redeemed. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Jeremiah 29, 13, again, this time from the message. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. If you'd like to hear more from Rachel, I encourage you to check out her podcast. It's called Unadulterated Heart. And don't miss the Bible Talk episode that drops on Friday, September 23. My dear, dear friend and co-host Susie Crosby will be with me to provide more insights into our Jeremiah 29, 13 verse from this week. And next week... Oh, my friend, next week, Lisa Apollo will be with us. I've done a lot of interviews and I've learned from every single one of them, but my time with Lisa left deep imprints on my heart. Lisa's story is hard. She unexpectedly found herself a young widow with seven children. And she talked to me about the realities of grief, the struggle of getting through each day, and the God who walked with her through it all. Her heart is honest, brave and kind, and I know you will absolutely love her like I do. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second, and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop, including this week's episode with me and Susie. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished, child of God.
Peace.